0: going to say go and you go okay go
1: hi this is janice i'm here on reverend you know what i'm going to need to do that again
0: that's okay keep going it's take two vroom vroom veer i know it's very hard to say
1: it's because i've written it down wrong
0: vroom vroom veer i know it's it's hard to say on purpose these these branding guys got me
1: uh, vroom, vroom, vroom. Okay, vroom, 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 vroom. I will do it again just for you
0: Okay, thank you, I appreciate
1: that <laughs> Hello, this is Janice Chaka on Vroom Vroom View along with Jeff Smith And my, if you want to contact me or find out anything more about me, check me out on thecareerintrovert.com
0: Well done, Oh, take two was professional, so good, <laughs> so good, thank you All right, I'm going to hit the stop button. I'll go away for a sec. I'll be right back. Okay.
1: Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith
0: thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: Pretty well, pretty well. Thank you for having me, Jeff.
0: I appreciate you being here. So let's talk a little bit about your business uh, at Renta. So it's R-E-N-T-A-H dot com, right?
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And that's uh, it's about rent whatever whenever. And uh, it looks really yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to sign up. go ahead hello? T- hello yeah yeah. i lost you oh. there for a sec that's okay we're still yep. we're okay. still together
1: yeah um yeah so th- it's uh exactly kind of how the name sounds like rent a pool table rent a magician rent uh, a storage uh, space rent so the guy.
0: i see now <laughs> i get it okay
1: yeah so the idea is anybody could rent anything at any time um i mean we've seen uh more and more companies coming out like this, like a yeah, Airbnb, the where they thing, focus right. on the renting. Right. No, everything is based on the sharing economy. Sure. But uh, I come from the philosophy where I wanted to create like a real sharing economy, where we would have something that was a little bit more affordable for providers, wasn't necessarily so corporate, a little bit more in the mold of what Craigslist used to be, or CouchSurfing.com.
0: Okay. No, I like it. Yeah. Man, Craigslist is like... They're amazing, right? (laughs) Just the whole concept of, of Craigslist. I get it. Yeah. So, okay. So people sign up as like, I've got an extra widget. I'm not using said widget. I could rent this out and make a little cash. That's the general idea, right?
1: Yeah. So it could be somebody that's doing something just temporarily. Like, hey, I have an extra of something. Right. Or it could be somebody that is a freelancer, that's a business that works, that already does the renting. Uh, for me, what really made me passionate about renting and why I wanted to call it Renta, even though we're the sharing economy, is uh, everybody needs some money, right? Everybody needs some green. There's a lot of people right. out yes, there. That, oh, that's for sure. Every, everything's in your mind to just meditate or, hey, we got to do charity or nonprofit. Every study shows when people have more money, uh, their children tend to go to school more. People tend to be healthier. People tend to be a little bit happier. Um, sure. I'm yeah. not talking about millions of dollars. I'm talking about like, at Least 50, 60,000, enough where you can start to provide and feel good and have a little bit of enjoyment. And to me, renting was something that white collar people could understand, blue collar people could understand, and green collar people could understand.
0: What's a green collar?
1: Something that's in the environmental field. Maybe oh, okay. work. All right,
0: gotcha. All right. There's a new collar now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the first exactly. time I've heard the. So I've heard uh, blue collar, usually folks working and getting sweaty, <laughs> right? White yep. collar douchebags in offices
1: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sorry okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> not really <laughs> that's just the negative stereotype green collar okay my first thought was mr green jeans but okay so these are people working in the green economy more or less
1: yeah or, or at least are consciously trying to be a little bit more environmental
0: oh for sure for sure so and your your other gig is you are a university professor of geography correct
1: Yes, adjunct professor. Adjunct So I teach professor. geography and philosophy and political science sometimes, so the liberal arts. Okay. But geography most of all.
0: Wow, neat. So adjunct professor, that means that it's not full-time.
1: It means I don't have a PhD. So uh, oh. I teach more classes than, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's the only real difference. Uh, I consider myself more of a teacher. I kind of hate a little bit of some of the academia where it's like you need a PhD and then you write a book that nobody reads. So really, like, right, who right. Are, no, what no, are no. you doing, and who are you doing it for? Where right. I much rather teach and talk to people, and in many ways, G- uh, renta is my dissertation. Really, it's kind your of dissertation yeah, on, it's what I, uh,
0: on how how kind of like screwed up our economy is, and and your effort to make it make something a little bit better.
1: Exactly, and it's not simply just the economy; everything is tied into also just resource allocation, waste right? I used to live in Mexico City, and in Mexico City, they used to pump water from a lake that was 100 miles away. And uh, so the pump, <clears throat> the pumping required a lot of electricity. Of course, uh, it sure? would make the water, it would make the water very expensive. And then you would have times where there was just simply no water for six hours a day. That's something wow. we don't experience here in America. Like, you know, we put on the faucet and we think like, oh, it's just normal. Right. Right. Um, but, but there, like, there's, it wasn't certain that they were going to get water. Now, at the same time, in the summer, there was always flooding because there was so <laughs> much rain. So it's like this. Uh, You're right.
0: You're right. Yes.
1: No. Right. No. It's backwards. And so we, start, yeah. we started installing like these rainwater harvesting systems, which is just basically these big pools on roofs or downstairs in the cisterns. And yeah. then that would you could hold ten thousand gallons of water. It's preventing flooding, and now it's saving money. Now all you have to do is I clean at it, it up same, a little
0: bit. Yeah, sure. Put it into the system. It's it's ready to rock and roll. It's actually better than the stuff that came through the pipes. Exactly. Yeah, because it came.
1: Mm. Yeah, it has a better story, right? It's, right.
0: Yeah. Well, well, I'm just saying, water quality wise, you're, you're you wouldn't not have to clean it so much. Yeah, rainwater is typically better, but not always. But you know, depends on where you're at. Yep. No, I yep. had this. I had this realization like a long time ago that. Um, the industrial revolution sort of like started charging for things that were free in nature, right? Isn't that yep. <laughs> kind of what was going on there? You know, it was like, you know, what movie was that There was a movie all about how, um, they, uh, monetized air. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be next. Really? <laughs>
1: It's really? A, was it's it a documentary? No, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Okay. Yeah. I think. It,
0: oh, uh, I want to say it was the uh, the Doctor Doctor Seuss one.
1: Oh, like the Lorax? The Lorax.
0: W- weren't yeah. They weren't they charging for air in the Lorax?
1: I haven't read it in, in a while. I know. I know it had a lot to do with trees and cutting down the trees, but yeah, right. I, I assume that does have to do with the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like actually <laughs> my sister's favorite book.
0: Right. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of fiction uh, out there talking about how um, it's basically the author's take on how shitty humans are.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, I don't think we're all totally shitty. I just think it's. Just, no, We I, need to I, do I, things the right way. Like We need water, and it makes sense. So yeah, like let's get water from the lake, but hey, there's a smarter way.
0: Right, and no, I see
1: I rent as a smarter way where uh, not everybody in the block needs a lawnmower, right? One guy on the block could have a lawnmower, That's and you can so rent true. it out to the 20 people. Yeah. And so now you get to meet your neighbors because everybody's complaining about not even being able to meet their neighbors. Right. Somebody could make money. The other people could save money. It's just about do you have the ability to knock on the door and ask and I think, like, technology has slowed us down on that, and I'm hoping I want to kind of bring that back a little bit with Renta. Not that other apps aren't doing that in websites aren't doing it, but I don't think philosophically they get the sharing aspect, like Craigslist did, right. and that's what I really want to copy.
0: Right. So have you got any sort of, like, pushback from, uh, from the Illuminati is anybody giving you any death threats so far?
1: <laughs> no, um, <Good>. definitely not. <laughs> I didn't think we're, you
0: would. I was just trying to be funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no, we're, we're just a small ant, though. Like, uh, it's right. been very hard to get funding because we're trying to do such a big type thing. I was speaking to one major investor, and uh, this was like about three years ago, two years ago, and he goes, Oh, so you're going after the Holy Grail, you know? And at first, I was like, Yeah. And then.
0: But I bet you his world is going
1: yeah. Right. Yeah. Well he just he just didn't mean it as a compliment. Like I was crazy. Like, you know, to go after something so big. Oh, so okay. I, I just think nobody really worries about anybody on that small because eventually you could just buy them out or crush they just them, assume so. yeah I don't know.
0: that that you're gonna fail miserably or or yeah, get bought, right?
1: Yeah, or we'll yeah. succeed through hard work and then they'll just buy in.
0: Right. Right. Yeah yeah they're they're taking the wait see attitude okay well let's uh let's play vroom vroom veer and go back in time i I have no idea how old you are but you look pretty young (laughs) (laughs) younger than me Uh, i'm 48 48 years young uh it's hard for me to say that now you know (laughs) it sounds older than i feel i feel better than uh i did when i was like 38 which is awesome that
1: is awesome yeah
0: yeah but anyway right, that so, makes me feel good yeah wh- where did you uh where did you grow up did you grow up in new york new york
1: yep i was born in brooklyn raised in staten island uh i'm 32 and a half years old 32 and a half sagittarius years old. <laughs> yep 32 so uh
0: Sag, all right i'm gemini so i don't know if those okay. get along or not i have no idea
1: yeah we're friends okay good. um <laughs> Yeah, I grew up in Staten Island, families from India, immigrated here. So uh, first generation, like the typical story of a lot of immigrants and children of immigrants that feel the need to do something ambitious or worthwhile to make uh, the parents' struggles worth Worth it. it. (laughs) Right? Yes. Because that was the number one thing Like I always looked at. It's like, well, we have so much, and my parents...
0: Had so little. Well, not, not like so much, like but right? middle
1: class, which is like enough, right? Like, hey, we have food and yeah, a home, right? And cable or whatever. We didn't have cable when we were younger, but eventually we did. So it was like, well, who cares? Like, what's the difference like of why are we working so hard? But uh, I'm beginning to understand it just kind of comes in your blood because if you need to work hard for 12 years to make it, I think you just kind of fall into that rhythm where I just better keep working. And, and that's like kind of the only thing you know after a while. Um, right, but right. I think me growing up, I would tended to be a little bit lazier and more just interested in what was going on in the world. And I was never like the best student or anything, but I was smart. Uh-huh. Um, but I always felt like, well, if we have this, why do I need to do this? You know, my dad was very organized for a lot of things, Yeah, like everything on Excel sheets and whatnot. And then mm. I kind of, it became the reverse because I figured, well, if my dad's good at that, I should be good at like the abstract or the creative. Okay, so yeah, I, I kind of look at all of us like a team like that. Um, mm. but yeah, I grew up in Staten Island, Great Kills, South Shore. Uh, I think we were the only like brown people in our neighborhood when we first moved 97 percent. it was like <laughs> wow. 97 no, percent like white.
0: No, Italian, yeah, that's that's kind of like what yeah. the 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 ratio to. White people to anything else where, where, I, where I grew up in Michigan was like, you know, maybe like three, right? It
1: was like... Yeah, exactly.
0: There's three, yeah. I, there's three uh, non-white people. And when you only have yep. like three non-white people, right? Then I think... I didn't really feel like we were racist then. I think they are now. <laughs> when, I go, yeah. when I go home now... And I, and I hang out with, you know, family and friends. I think, wow, these people are so damn racist. Sorry, family and friends, if you're listening. But it, you know you are. <laughs> so, it's like so they, I'm a, uh, they're racist around me on purpose. I don't know why. It's like they, they want to so make I'm, me angry. I'm
1: a little bit in the reverse. Oh, okay. Where I don't... Of course, maybe when I was younger, I thought some people were racist. But I... I realized I think people are more ignorant than racist. No, that's For the simple that's where fact. It comes like from, everybody, yeah. everybody would invite me to Easter dinner or Christmas dinner or whatnot. You know, there was never any hesitation. But people still like what they like, and they know what they know. You know, so I don't think it's necessarily like oh we're racist. if they're racist they just never would have given me the time of day. I think it's just more about ignorance of what's going on in the outside world. Most people have never traveled, left the states, nor left their own state, you know, right. or left the bubble. Uh, how many people actually do that? And so I don't like using the term racist so much because it's so harsh. And maybe okay. they might be somewhat racist. Yeah. I think, I think
0: everybody's it's like a, a little bit, little bit more ignorant. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm racist, too. I mean, yeah. look, if some, I think everybody just goes overblown now where everybody's afraid to mention skin color. Right, uh, right. If some yeah. if some Spanish guy, if some Spanish guy hit me and the cop goes, "Who hit you?" I'd be like, "Yo, that Spanish fucker hit me." Like, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean I think all Spanish people are bad, but what am I supposed to say? "Oh no, the guy in the blue jeans." Like, come on. Right, right. So, yeah. I think we need to just be a little bit more honest. No, yeah, you're right. With how we mentioned things.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, you know, I um <laughs> I lived in Los Angeles for years and like five, let's see, I had two aunts and three cousins visit me in L.A., right? All at once. So that was like a little traumatic logistically. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, and I knew, right, that I really don't care about their, well, I'll, I'm going to use your term, their ignorant views, right? Because mm-hmm. where they live, there's not many, uh, there's only mostly white people, okay, in small yeah. town Michigan. So they have their point of view and their perspective. And let's just call that lack of exposure slash ignorance to a big city. Right? Yeah. And I'm yep. not judging them. I'm just saying, if you're going to come visit me and we're going to be hanging out where there are other races and you're using these, you know, ignorant terms, <laughs> we yep. might be in danger. <laughs> Therefore yep. that should not <laughs> happen. <laughs> And I, and I'm going to be very upset if that happens. And now when you go Mm. home, say what you want, you're not causing, you're not threatening my life safety anymore. Right. So, um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting, you know, and I also think when you're in a population where there are no other races, then it's pretty easy to talk big and, you know throw around derogatory terms because nobody's going to call you on it or punch you in the face <laughs> or stab you you know yeah. or, or whatever yeah. exactly 100 100 put you on youtube okay so um all right so now you're you're growing up in new york in staten island what's Staten island like i mean did you go to the city a lot
1: oh you broke up for a second did i go where
0: Did you go, like, to the city a lot?
1: Yeah, actually, like, a lot of my jobs were always in the city. Once I got old enough, like, I was in college, like, uh, I managed a bar. I was, like, a brand ambassador for a rum company. So I always wanted to get a little bit more culture. So I needed to to get out a little bit of Staten Island. Uh, And I think, like, a lot of people, when they grow up in Staten Island, they kind of hate Staten Island. I think a lot of people kind of hate where they grow up anyway, where it's like, uh... Like, I think, yeah, you just what am I doing here? A little bit emo or whatever, but then, yeah, <laughs> now I appreciate it more. But I definitely right. did a lot, lot of work in the city. Gotcha. I was trying to always find new people.
0: Talk a little bit about what, what, what does a brand ambassador do? Sounds like, uh, interesting.
1: So I worked for this cool company called Rum Clement, which is, or Rum Clement, it's a rum made in Martinique. It's like a top five rum in the world. Ooh, Um, okay. it's just that. It's a very high-end rum, and the idea is they want to sell it, right, to different venues, and a lot of venues would have it, but a lot of bars and people wouldn't necessarily know it existed. Like, I was also a bartender. You don't use every drink at the bar, but uh, my job was partially to just go to places like that, order the rum, talk about the rum, and leave, like, a nice tip to the bartender. So, Or huh. just bartend <laughs> parties. Yeah, it was amazing. That sounds so, like
0: a really good job. Oh, it probably didn't yeah, make was- a lot of money, but... <clears throat> Sounds like Yeah, fun.
1: exactly. I started off just as an intern. I started okay. off as an intern where I went there and I was like, hey, let me do this. And then I remember in the interview, it was like 10 a.m. They're like, oh, do you want to try the rum? Like, I wasn't sure if it was a test or not, but I was like, yeah, let's drink, you know? So right. I was drinking with my boss. Like, it was cool. And I was like, so can I do this internship? Like, can you dedicate these days? And I was like, no, I'll dedicate these other days. But what's the difference? You're not paying me. Let me just do it. And I guess... <laughs> I guess they were, they were like, okay, sure. Like, the, you know, like they weren't thinking of it that way, but I was like, why would you turn down this free help? And I recommend a lot of people should do stuff like that where, mm. of course, you might not make money and you can make more money at like Rite Aid, but you're also not going to be able to drink with beautiful people, you know, in like cool places. So you got, I feel like if you have the ability to not worry too much about money and like, right. obviously everybody worries a little bit, but... Right. Probably did different things like this where apprenticeships, you know, like this is the uh-huh. way it was in the past where give a day or two and get some experience.
0: I, uh, I did a sort of like a lot of volunteer massage. So after I retired from the military, I used some of my post nine 11 GI bill. So that's where they give military folks the opportunity to go to school for about three years for free. Uh, huh. <clears throat> I used about a year and a half to go to massage school. So then I got this job in a spa and the spa was on the beach in um, like around Marina Del Rey in in, uh, L.A. Okay. And uh, on the weekends, like once a month, the spa owner would do um, these beach volleyball massage parties as a promotion for her spa. So basically we would set up a little like... um, easy up on the beach for shade. And then, you know, a couple of tables with, you know, free drinks and then two or three massage therapists would just show up and work for tips, basically. Uh, And that was some of the best free work I've ever done. I don't think I made more than $10 in a day, you know, in a four hour shift, but it was like, it was the best sort of slave work I could ever choose ever because inevitably it was always a beautiful woman in a bikini You know, ten years younger than me. You know, and I'm and I'm massaging her, uh, watching waves (laughs) on on a beach. You know,
1: this is not work. (laughs) I've done work. This is not it. (laughs) Yeah, other people, other people do work to get that experience, right? Exactly. Cut out the (laughs) middleman. Right. Yep. (laughs) So you
0: know, there's a lot to be said about uh, volunteering and internships. Sometimes they're really amazing. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you're a college professor. So that means that you had to go to college. So where did you go to school?
1: Uh, I went to school at the college of Staten Island for my bachelor's and got my master's at a school in Mexico City called Alliant International University. Aligned? So was- Aligned? Alliant?
0: Alliant. No, okay. Alliant. Alliant. Okay. Alliant. Okay. Gotcha. Yep, exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't I- actually exist anymore. Oh, but, wow. uh, Yeah, that's where I went. Wow. It was a great school.
0: That is a big difference. That's a humongous cultural shift going from...
1: Yeah, Yeah, I wanted to study international relations. Like, I wanted to get out of Staten Island and the city, and I was 23 or 22, and I was like, okay. And I moved to California for a little bit, but then I was like, let me just go further. Like, California is just still the states. Right. Let me be somewhere totally different, and then I was in Mexico City, and... That really changed my perspective on – that gave me a lot of confidence because the school in Mexico City was, like, shady. Like, nobody really knew about it. It was, like, a a year-and-a-half program. It was very cheap. But it was, like, the only U.S.-accredited university in South America where it was all taught in English. And so our teachers were, like, the advisor to the vice president of Mexico and, like, a a UN human rights lawyer. But they were both – they were both very, very just down to earth where the classes would be held in like the cafes downstairs and we'd be smoking cigarettes and drinking beers or coffee, talking about the world. That's awesome. People, <laughs> so awesome. And a lot of the students were diplomats or executives that were working in Mexico City wow. and that were like, all right, let me just get a quick degree or they were getting the yeah, degree yeah. paid for. So right. if, if you do, I would be debating with these di- diplomats and some, sometimes i'd be right and it's kind of empowering to know all right these guys are in the highest levels of like you know government and they also think the world is like this so right wow it, it definitely gave me a lot of confidence
0: for sure wow you know uh and, and were the uh were the professors all like uh, required to be like working in their fields or were they professional professors
1: no they were they didn't have, they weren't required anything. I just think things are different at that school or like here, yeah, yeah. everything's like academia, like who wrote whatever fucking book. And like I said, nobody, no, reads I know, it. yeah. I much, yeah, yeah. I'd much rather talk to this guy that like is the advisor to the vice president and has his like own defense contract, right? And I'll learn way more. You get, you from got, you person. got a lot
0: more value just from your fellow students than maybe the professors. Sounds yeah, like. both. yeah,
1: both they were, but everybody kind of fed off of each other cuz everybody was open yeah. and curious and the fact is if anybody went to that school you know they were somewhat courageous like they weren't <laughs> going there because they had a great title yeah, you know right. they weren't like oh they were they were going oh, to school I a for job like if I go here. Some,
0: at least one right reason
1: yeah learning right yes. or honor yeah exactly <laughs> at
0: least one right reason uh yeah there's always more than one reason and not all of them are right right <laughs> but um um Yep. When I went to school, have you ever heard of University of Phoenix? It, it gets a lot of uh, flack in the States. Yeah, the
1: online school. Correct.
0: Well, they also, so I went there because, again, that was like I did my bachelor's degree in psychology. Um, and that's a whole nother thing, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. But And I was kind of leery because, you know, everybody says it's just a degree factory. Um, you hear these things, right? Um, and I would say some of that's true, you know, some that it's not completely false. Um, but what uh-huh. I did was I was, because I was using my GI bill, um, there was a rule that said you wouldn't get your housing allowance for if you, or you wouldn't get all of the housing allowance, which is like this huge bonus. It's like $2,000 a month in LA, right? Which is, Ooh. yeah, right? So every yeah. month that you go to school, as long as you were in a class, for the, it was a class-based um, class, not an online class, um, you would get your full $2,000 a month. If you took an online class, Originally, you didn't get any housing allowance. And then later on, they changed it to a, re- a reduced amount. So, um, so I ended up doing the all, mostly all in class. They made me take one online class while I was in a, um, a classroom class at the same time. Uh, and that's where I learned where that was just, you know, that, that's where they get the reputation because it's like, as long as you're doing the work, you're not really learning a whole lot. <laughs> you're yeah. Just, you're just filling X's when you're doing those online classes. But when you're going to class, all of the professors at University of Phoenix, they were re- there was a, a lot of interesting re- requirements. Everybody had to be at, have at least a master's degree, like what you said in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And then everybody also had to be working in the field that they were teaching. So they had to have full-time employment either in government or school or business, um, you know, at some level working in the field in which they are teaching. So every, all of my professors were, you know, they had full-time jobs. You know, they either worked for the, uh, Orange County, LA County, in the school system. Uh, there was one lady who had worked in the school system and then was like a she was now like a, she called herself an education advocate, right? so so she would she was like have <laughs> all the school psychology stuff, right? but then would just like work with parents whose kids needed advocacy uh, and to get their whatever they needed from the school districts. So they're all amazing people.
1: <laughs> and really, yeah, I, yeah, I totally respect that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, so whatever they were saying you know, you know, wasn't really the, the value that I was getting out of it because, okay, yeah, yeah, I got to write this paper. I got to listen to this stuff. But then, you know, most of the time during the lectures, they were sharing, you know, tidbits of what, what's going on in their job and how, how their job works, you know, sharing their stories. That's where the value came from. And then again, you know, my fellow students, we were, uh, you know, discussing the world, which is really amazing. It was fun. So mm-hmm. yeah. So sometimes, you know, college experiences, you know, from the outside might look a little shady, but then when you get in there and have that experience, like like you said, you know, wow, that's amazing. So okay.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What was uh, what was it like living how long did you live in Mexico, Mexico City there?
1: I lived there for a couple of years.
0: Okay okay
1: yeah so what was it for a year i came back for a little bit and i went back for a year
0: okay so what was it uh what were the living conditions like was it uh pretty much normal or was it a little scary or like like you said you ran out of water sometimes (laughs) i mean did that happen often
1: uh occasionally depends on the season i think summer was the week months but um i was used to stuff like that from india uh, oh, right. like right, right, right. visiting, like I was just always aware of that. And, um, I wasn't really scared. I mean, we heard stuff can happen, but stuff can happen anywhere. Like in New York, like, I don't know. I've always had the belief, uh, there's an easier target than me. So like, it was like, as long as you're true. nice and decent and whatever, like right. I'm going to just do my thing. Like I-, I was always good at making friends, figuring stuff out. I think that I read that somewhere from like a KGB agent. Where he said the advice on traveling was uh, nobody wants to rape, murder, or rob somebody they like. Like you know, like so just just be somebody decent and yep. Hopefully, those bad things don't happen. (laughs) I was never I was never too too worried about that. Yeah. Um, No, and you know, uh, running
0: out of water is not a big deal if it happens enough where people know it happens, right? So that, that just means you just, you know, keep water, right?
1: (laughs) And and this is where money comes into play because I, it's not like I can't afford water. Like I can go to the store and get water. Right. And then this is where you worry about other people in poverty and things like that matter because yeah, some people just have nothing. And so like, I always want to live my life with the mentality. Like I don't want to be a pussy. Like some people have absolutely not. If I want to get into international relations and at that time I did, and like you want to help refugees or look, you went to war like you did or you were in the military. Like can't worry about things with just, oh, I don't have water this moment. Like, you know, like we could survive two days without it. Uh, one lesson I give my students a lot to help understand the world. And they rarely ever do it as I say, all right, fast one day. Just don't eat anything.
0: Mm, right.
1: All right. And then at the end of the day, they tell me how you react to your friends and family and the people around you. And then now for the extra credit, don't eat the next day either and tell me how you feel. And you'll see people will spaz out, right? And they'll hate everybody. And I'm like, we'll okay. And now you want other countries and other people to be better? <laughs> you know, like if they don't have food or they don't have water, like what do you expect? They're not thinking the way you're thinking.
0: Right, right. No, you're right. You know, the more, uh, are you into, are you a fan of, uh, of Tim Ferris?
1: Uh, half and half,
0: half and half. That's fine. You're, you're aware of things that he says, right? Yes. So uh, one of my big takeaways is almost everything that, you know, is mood related, um, or performance related always has some sort of phys- physiological component, what you're talking about there. Like you're going to, if you don't eat and drink, for 24 Ooh. or 48 hours uh, and you're not accustomed to doing this. <laughs> now, if you're accustomed to doing this, then, you know, then it's kind of a moot point because, you know, then you're doing it intentionally or you've got practice. But if you just take yeah. like any old snot nosed teenager, right. <laughs> or, you know, 20 some yeah. something and, uh, and ask them to do that and then test their mood. Yeah. They would be cranky. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get you. Right. So,
1: not even a teenager, an adult. Like, I, I see of plenty of people here in America that are like, that like, they don't have the right color dress or something. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, you have no idea what you're complaining about right now. Like,
0: right. Oh, you yeah. Know?
1: Just like, shut right, up.
0: Right. 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 And, you know, to forgive them, uh, again, it's uh, they just need the exposure. So it's up to you, you know, folks like you and me, you know, I've never had any sort of hardship in my life ever. Well, maybe a little, but you know, not really. Right. I don't think I've ever Mm -hmm. like gone like 24 hours without a meal and it wasn't on purpose. Right. Exactly. That's never happened to me. I've done it for fun (laughs) or charity, you know, or for growth. Right. But not, not be out of necessity. And when you do a thing out of necessity, then that's a whole different, you know, it, it has a whole different sort of psychological, uh, wrapping, you know? Okay. So, all right. So now you graduate from school. Uh, where did you land? Where, where are you now after, or where did you go after you finished in Mexico city?
1: Uh, I was, I had taken a trip to India for like six months, get back to my roots. Then I went back to Mexico City, and I wasn't sure. It was weird, actually. It's a strange story because it I was like 25, 24, 25. Yeah. And I was gonna like travel with my girlfriend at the time, and like we were gonna be like hippies, like you know, in the south. And but there was always half of me that was very ambitious, but I also kind of like loved this girl at the time. So I was like, oh, I'll travel, whatever. We'll see. But I also know my fam, like my parents hated me, like you know, like I just left and I'm in Mexico. Like they always had these high hopes like you know first generation what the hell is he doing right yeah exactly nobody's ever done this anywhere and uh i actually got sick i had a a pulmonary embolism so like a Ooh. blood clot that oh went my through God. my lung yikes and yeah I, I thought i was gonna like i was yeah life-threatening i was in my hotel room and i was like i was all alone it was like the first time i was like months away from my girl like you know like in months like i was just alone and i was in the hotel room probably smoking a cigarette or something and then I just felt this intense pain in my chest, like really, really intense, like a heart attack. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't eat I didn't eat anything today. It's like it's it was like acid reflux or like heartburn, but like times ten. So right. I happened to be by a hospital. So I went to the hospital and I was like, Hey, can you check me out? Like, but how much will it cost? And they said something like $10,000. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, I don't think, like, I'm going (laughs) to go there. So I left. Wow. And then I went to a $2 doctor that they have, like, the pharmacist on the street. And I asked him, I was like, yo, am I having a heart attack? And he goes, he took my blood pressure. And he was like, nah. He's like, you're just probably stressed. So then I think I went home and I had, like, another cigarette. I just went to bed. And the next morning it didn't hurt as much. Okay. Um, But my girlfriend had come back. And she was like, let's just go to my doctor. And he was like, oh, yeah, you have like a blood clot in your lung. So either you go home tomorrow or you stay here. And so I I went home, right? Because I think since I was still under 26, I was under my parents' insurance. And so, yeah, I I came home. And then uh, since I was home, uh, I was like, I need to find work. And I was teaching in Mexico City. And I asked my university here. I was like, hey, let me teach here. And I told them the same line I told the people in Mexico City, because they were like, well, why should we let you teach here? And I was like, well, I graduated from here. So either you're saying your school doesn't teach people enough, you know?
0: Or like, <laughs> you guilted them so into hiring you. you are saying
1: like it. the quality of is not good enough. And I also told the people in Mexico City, if you let me teach a class here, it'll be the biggest class. And I told the people there, too. I was like, I know a lot of people here. They'll come, so... It was still kind of like me being a marketing person, the same way I did marketing with like brand ambassadoring or like running a, a bar. It was still the same tools that helped me teach because I was like, I'll do the best. I'll bring the most people and it'll be like a good party, you know? Okay, sure. And so they so' been teaching there for seven years. And I just think being a teacher like kind of the best jump off point. I have a focus group of young students and older students at the City University. Where I to share ideas, your thoughts. to stay young, and uh, yeah, just teach. Which I think is, I love that.
0: No, it sounds like a blast. So, and it's probably you know a little bit more flexible. You know, you don't have to be there like all the time, all day, right? You show up, you teach a class, you leave.
1: Yep, exactly. <laughs> Not
0: exactly. too bad, and you and you can kind of control how much ma- how many classes you want to sign up to do, I would imagine?
1: Well, no, not really. You want to teach as many as possible but there's rules about how many you can teach. So it's hard to survive as just like an adjunct.
0: Okay. So you need to do a lot of yeah. teaching just to get your pay up to this livable level, basically.
1: Exactly. And I you do other things, right? So even just being an adjunct, you have to have other jobs sometimes. So, I mean, there'll be times I'll be like... I used to be a club promoter, but it felt too shallow. Like right, bartending. I'll help. I'll help my friend with like blue collar work, demolition type stuff. Oh, demolition's you gotta do a blast! Yeah, one as as long as you choose to do it, and not that you have to do it. So like once a month, it's fun. If I had to do, do it every single day, like you know, it'd probably be no, miserable. yeah,
0: you're right. But, <laughs> after that, after you do it like yeah. once a month, you kind of like enjoy the doing of it because you know you get that sort of like a. Uh, I don't know what the word is. You just feel like a beast, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you, it's therapy. Yeah. It's therapy. You're hitting right. stuff. It's yeah. the demolition's fun. It's bringing all the stuff you destroyed to the dumpster. that's miserable. Yes.
0: I think. Yeah, you're probably right. I did a little bit of like a home improvement <laughs> DIY stuff, uh, and mm-hmm. and, it, and it and it included ripping out some like. I don't even know how many layers of uh, linoleum floor out of my uh, house. Um, oh my god, that was just—I had no idea how much <laughs> how good brain chemicals you get from demolition. <laughs> I, I, it yep. made me want to like get one of those big sledgehammers and just tear down a wall. Um, so I, I guess you've done that. It's pretty cool, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, not much, but what I was just trying to convey is. Uh, yeah, you yeah. got to do what you got to do to make some money.
0: Yeah, yeah, side hustle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so that probably brings us up to like nowish. So let's talk a little bit more about um, what's going on in the world uh, with uh, with you know m- that made you wanna come up with this rent a rent a Xbox or rent a not a car. Can you rent a car?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I want I want people to rent cars. Right now, uh, it depends on what state you are and what state oh, right. like city you're in and local right, ordinances. Right, right. So, everything is like kind of gray.
0: Yeah, because gray every world. time they come up with a new a new app or a new, you know, share economy idea, it takes laws a long yeah. time to catch up. That's true. Exactly. Right.
1: Yeah. And, so, and yet- so, I kind of want to just be on the forefront
0: So you also got involved with the, um, uh, hold on now. I can't remember the, the movement. Oh, occupy movement. Right. Are you still sort of involved with the occupy movement?
1: Not totally. I mean, I, I, I agree with what we were doing at the time of talking about income inequality and raising, uh, the publicity and the awareness of certain issues, right? It sure. was like, I remember using the line a lot of times, like, uh, let's change the dialogue from, from like the Kardashians to something that's like a little bit more important, right? Like people can't eat, like there's not a much food or whatever. Right. But, uh, one thing I definitely learned in that time frame is I, I was part of the press team. So I would do like a lot of interviews and I always wanted to do interviews with the people that were a little bit more conservative or Republican. Right. And... I know those people were like wanted to interview with us to like create debate, right? Because that's what creates good content. Right, but I right. was always the person that was like, no, I agree. I agree with you. Like, you know, like, like, this is annoying. But what else should we do to fix it? And why aren't you doing anything to fix the shit with the F-35, right? Because, like, they would talk to me about, like, the, the police overtime. And I was like, all right, sure. We could hire 10 million more police officers if we don't have the F-35, right? So, like, what are you suggesting?
0: right. So and true.
1: like I feel like we would always find some sort of consensus, and that was always my idea. And I slowly started shifting more away from the occupy mentality because I don't. I think protesting works slightly. It's like high school; you got to do it once in a while, but then eventually, it's like you got to grow out of it. I think.
0: No, I, I, I know, I know exactly not, what you're. It's talking not
1: about holding a sign. I, right. I, like I, I was at the, I was at the rally for science march right and I was pro and I was promoting rent like I had my sign up and I was like hey rent whatever whenever." I was right in Columbus Circle there's 5,000 people walking every minute but I was like bellowing I could, I could yell loud as a professor and I was like hey uh, I appreciate that you're marching but here are some statistics the uh, average woman right now has 40 dresses in her closet and in 1920 it was eight dresses Right. So, are you willing to rent out your dresses or stop buying stuff? Hey, it's easy to <laughs> mark. It's hard to stop buying from Amazon. Right. Like, hey, so do true. You, oh, oh, you just moved to New York. You're pushing your neighbors out. Rent something from them or rent with them, right? Or right. do you just want to be like a careless piece of shit? And people <laughs> would laugh, you know, when I say that. Right. Like, some people come up to me and they're like, how can you be promoting a business? And I'm like, you have a phone and clothes and you live in this, like, I, I get it. Capitalism is not perfect, but I get so annoyed when people are like, down with capitalism. Right. You can't just say that and live it. You're just a hypocrite. And then <laughs> if you come off like a hypocrite, you're just a hypocrite. It just right. takes away no, from everything. Sure. You said. And some of it was good, but now nobody's going to hear it because they just hear the nonsense. It's the same thing with like sexual education. You have a teacher that'll say, hey, uh, the best form of uh, sexual education is abstinence. So as stupid. soon as somebody says that, everything else they say is it's, stupid because everybody off. knows right. sex feels good. Right. So it's just like, how can you even say it? How be about at it's, least like, logical? it's
0: like the only biological drive you can't avoid. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, just don't do it. It's, it is just so stupid. You know, and it always been anytime you you kind of try to make up a rule that goes against biology, you're you're fighting uphill. Right.
1: It's, it's the first chapter of the Bible. Hey, don't eat this apple. Fuck you, I'm going to eat this apple. Why do <laughs> you even say it, don't do it? <laughs> right. If you, everybody if you just, forgets the first chapter. Right.
0: If you would have not mentioned the apple, right, probably wouldn't have even seen it. <laughs> it's such a setup. Yes. It's such a setup. <laughs> you know, have you ever heard of uh, a guy, uh, a blogger called Mr. Money Mustache? No, you should definitely check him out. Um, his okay. yeah, he's kind of uh in the in the vein of um minimalist, right so and and he's basically like, you know i I would say when I read his stuff, I think he's got the the sort of like hum his first blog post that blew up on the on the internet was him telling a story about how. He saw a pawn shop go up somewhere like in his hometown and it pissed him (laughs) off, right? So it pissed him off and he was like, he wrote this blog post about how he wanted to um, punch the guy in the face for like having a a business that is like makes the idea of, you know, getting a a high interest short term loan a good idea, right? Right. And, and so he wanted to, (laughs) he wrote this blog post about, I want to punch that dude in the face (laughs) because that's a really (laughs) stupid idea, right? It's stupid for the person to do it. And it's stupid for the, the pawn shop owner to even offer the service, but that's where we're at. But, um, so, you know, he talks a lot about, you know, you don't, how do we start talking about stopping, you know, like this idea that you want to buy shit you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like or don't even exactly Right? (laughs) Exactly. And I've been doing that probably, oh, you know, in, in my own small way since, like, my late 30s, I would say. So, like, over 10 years now where I'm just, like, slowly, you know, Uh, getting myself off of that whole retail drug is what I like. (laughs) It's like, oh, if I buy something, I'll feel better. Right. And I think we all still slip up occasionally. Right. It's just like any other drug addiction. Occasionally you'll be grasping for straws. And you go, "Oh shit, I just bought something I don't need right? it still happens, but at least I know I notice <laughs> when i when I uh-huh. screw up, right yeah, and I know I don't want to, but talk a little bit more about like your feelings on on what to do about it. obviously, renta is one thing, but um just more <sighs> generically, uh let's talk about you know like income inequality and like, what is, your, what is your vision of, like, capitalism but better?
1: Uh, okay, that's a good question. I like the system that we have. I think the biggest issue is health care. If people had health care, if we just had, and there's like, there's always this debate, right? Oh, well, if we give people what they want, they have no incentive to work. But we always give the banks what they want. <laughs> and we always give like, right. and so that's where I'm like, right, okay, right. you're not always, you're not always in congruence. So my whole philosophy in life is like, I want to be congruent. I do not want to be hypocritical. Okay. So yeah, I feel too. like people should work hard, and we shouldn't give them everything. But I think we're definitely heading into a place now where machines are going to be doing a whole lot more stuff. It's not right. about level of education or anything, because at the same time, people are making fun of people that are getting educated anyway because they're not getting jobs, and it costs a lot of money to get educated. So. I want people to have a basic safety net, right, with healthcare, but then give people the freedom and flexibility to do these new and interesting type jobs. But I think people need to become a little bit more creative with how they can make money. It doesn't have to be a typical type job. We can create new types of work, specialties. Um, I always bring up this example because it's silly, but... I had a friend who was like, hey, can I uh, rent out my skills as a joint roller? He's like, I roll the best joints in New York City. <laughs> I, I was love like, it. Uh, that's great. I was like, sure. Why don't you uh, create a workshop? Say 10, 20 bucks. Weed is becoming legal now. I right. guarantee you there's some 40-year-old dude who just divorced his wife who's like, I don't have many friends. Like, Maybe I want to smoke some weed. All right. Let me <laughs> rent this guy out. But, okay. But... The reason i bring that up is okay so if my friend did that maybe his other option is going to work at a coffee or do something else he's taking that job from somebody else meanwhile he has a talent that somebody would pay him for so i look at it as like now we just he has a job and we just opened up another job that he didn't take right and i want people to become way more creative create new types of verticals but we need to come to a bridge where we realize hey in the future, we don't need to work as much. You know, it's not always about this insane level of growth. It should be somewhat towards happiness, right? Like, that's why my parents worked harder than I have to, you know? And, like, I'm working right. hard for my, But, like, I don't want my kid to be working crazy hard. But I want him to be doing something. Yeah. So yeah. it's just about finding out what those some things are and improving them. So that's like going back to occupy a little bit everyone's like I hate this I hate this I hate this and fine we should say why we hate it and educate people why we hate it but then we should also be the ones oh this is how we can do it better mm. and offer up solutions and I'm just tired of people not offering up solutions and just kind of criticizing right everything
0: well yeah you know and I like what you're talking about because ultimately I you know I'll listen you know and then I'll nod and you know and then I'll wait and and try to get like okay all right all right what do you want to do <laughs> yeah exactly come up with some sort of pragmatic idea right like renta renta is great it's a it's amazing uh idea uh you know and i always thought one of the things that you said in there was um uh you want to sort of like reduce the uh, the uh, the idle capacity right yes. I, I saw that right um and when The whole time during uh, like the 2008 housing business where people were like literally becoming homeless or, you know, walking away from their homes because they couldn't afford their mortgages anymore. And then there was this weird sort of situation where we had a bunch of empty houses and people that didn't have a place to live. (laughs) And I was like, that's so dumb. (laughs) It's just so stupid, and I, I understood why it was happening. But it was almost like I was a science fiction writer writing a bad chapter. I was like, "This would never happen, right?" Yep. <laughs> but it does,
1: and you know,
0: I don't know what. I guess it's just sort of like there's yeah. This... To
1: elaborate on what you said, there are more than a... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. To elaborate on what you said, there are more yeah. than enough homes to feed everybody in America. Uh, to house everybody in America, right? There's more than enough food grown in the world, right? To feed everybody in the world uh, There's more than enough water to give everybody in the world. It's a distribution issue Right and we learn that in geography. So like the Middle East has five percent of the world's population But one percent of the world's water, right? Well, that's what part of the reason why they fight a lot, you know And There's a history of like struggle and other places like you just have an absurd amount of resources, right? And a tiny amount of people And that's why they're super rich. If we could figure out ways to distribute, right, in a way that's fair, not like ultra-socialist or ultra-communist or ultra-capitalist, but like, you know, that's like, hey, give people the opportunity to be who they want to be. And that, that to me, is more of a true free market, then that's what I want to accomplish with Renta. Like, you got the lawnmower, you got the magic skills or whatever. Do that. Yeah. Figure out a way. And so sometimes I'll create ads on Craigslist, Where I'll say, hey, uh, who will give me a meditation lesson for 25 bucks? Who will update my OKCupid or Tinder profile for 25 bucks? (laughs) For 25 bucks. I love it. People will do it. Yeah, people will write me and be like, hey, I'll do it. So that's your job. If you can convince, if you could get good enough to do that, you do 20 profiles a week. That's money. Right? And then you can. You could do your other job, bullshit job, for two days. And yeah. then do this for the other days. And you now could, you're meeting people. You're talking. You're having fun. If you had the right job, you, you
0: might even be able to do that Craigslist job at your other job.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: You might be lucky lucky enough to be able to do that. A lot of places block Craigslist now. But not all of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think, I think we yeah. got to... Yeah, just be creative. That's try. That's what I want to do. And to me, like, Renta, like, I, I don't want to sound, like, too foolish, but I really love this idea because I wanted something that bridged everything. That was blue collar, right. white collar, green collar. That was like, oh, you want to make money? Cool, rent your stuff out. Oh, you want right, to save right. money? Rent stuff from other people. Oh, you want to just give stuff away? Cool, give stuff away. We don't care. Like, we're totally free for providers we're not like we're a tech ish company but right. we're tech ish we're more philosophical like i want to change the way we just have this mentality of buying useless things like and wasting our money and then working more hours we're hurting ourselves
0: yeah you know i could talk to you for hours but this has been an hour already so i think we're supposed oh, to really? Stop now <laughs> Yeah, there's, yeah, Jeff, there's, there's, this there's is a pleasure. Way, yeah, way more things I'd like to uh, spend time talking to you about because I, I think we're on the same same wavelength when it comes to like power and money and, you know, socioeconomic situations and, you know, and pragmatism, you know. Um, but anyway, I could talk forever, but... Yes yet <laughs> it is time to end the show so uh you are anoop desai you are at Renta, rentah dot com. uh sign up to rent out your stuff or rent other people's stuff rent anything in what no rent whatever whenever right yep I give any you, good
1: service any yeah. good or service I, I
0: will i will give you the last word rocket
1: um, Jeff, this was a pleasure. What you're doing is great. Just fostering more conversation and, uh, yeah, I would love to be back on in the future and, uh, wish sure. you and your audience members the best and, uh, yeah, feel free to email, call us and, uh, yeah, let's continue this.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to have you back. Go read awesome. go read a book called Forty Eight Laws of Power if you haven't read that already. I mean, oh, I have. Yeah, I read all right? of the
1: books. I love I love all of them. The Art yeah. of Seduction as well as uh, the Strategies of War. Are my favorite is my favorite one.
0: The Strategies of War. I haven't checked that one out yet.
1: Thirty Three uh, Strategies of War. It's I'm fantastic. gonna check
0: that out. And then there's one. There's there's one with Fifty Cent. I didn't read that one. Though. I haven't read that one either. So I'm going to check those out. I Actually, yeah, maybe. Hi, have you read any of the uh, Nassim uh, Nicholas Taleb books? No. The, he wrote the, the most famous one is called Black Swan. I think you dig that.
1: Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. But yeah, I, didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't read his
0: book. It's that. hard to read. Don't uh, The Anti-Fragile is almost impossible to read. I, I didn't get through it. Um, <laughs> but Black Swan is, is easier to get through. Uh, and he's a self-admitted, like, idiosyn- syn- idiosyncratic writer, right? So, science sy- kind of gets full of himself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of love him for it anyway. So, anyway, um, yeah, check him out. All right. So, anyway, okay. I'm really going to hang up now. So, talk to All you right. later. Uh, don't hang oh. up. I'm just going to stop the show. Okay.
1: Oh, okay. All right. All right.